one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. Today, I am here with Brooke Zarnecki. She is a dietitian in Alaska now. She moves around um, with her husband, but she's in Alaska right now with Intentful Nutrition. She's a dietitian that works specifically with endurance athletes. So she's an endurance athlete herself. She ran in college, uh, so has a huge passion for working with you guys, this population that is listening right now, and wanted to bring her in today to talk about a number of things, but I really want to talk about one thing, underfueling, which tends to be very common in the running community. I know I have, you know, realized in hindsight, I've been in that category, even though I feel like I eat all the time. So runners, I mean, seriously, listen, like up, even if you're like, oh no, I eat all the time. You might be underfueling still. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about a little bit of hydration, especially in the summer months right now. And then we'll go into a couple other issues as far as endurance athletes and hydration and nutrition goes. So Brooke, thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited to get to interview you today. Thanks for having me, Kristen. I'm super excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, this will be fun. So Brooke, <laughs> if you don't mind, if you could tell our listeners just a little bit of a background of how you got into running, where did your running journey start yourself? Oh gosh, I haven't gotten asked that question. That's like a, that's a tough question. Not really though. <laughs> Just something that caught me off guard. Um, so I got into running. Oh gosh, I don't know how old I was. I think I was in like seventh grade though. My dad like took me, he basically was like, we're going to go run. And I was like, no way. Um, so it's all started out with me, like riding on my bike next to my dad as he ran. And then eventually, like, as I got older, I got more confident um, I, I started doing like the full loops with him, the full three mile loops with him. So he really got me into running and the running community. And then ever since then, like I, I ran cross country all throughout uh, middle school, high school, college, and then track as well. So just kind of from there, my relationship with running blossomed and it's been, I know, just been running ever since. So it's awesome. And then yeah. you ran, you ended up running in high school then. So did you get not super important, but did you run in middle school then or no? You run in I high did. School? Yeah. Okay. You did. Okay. Middle school, high that. school, college. And then mm-hmm. college. And then what about any running injuries yourself? Did you deal with any running injuries yourself throughout your career? Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> I I definitely started I didn't get injured until senior year of high school. Um, I started to get like a recurrent like hip injury type thing in my senior year of high school. Also subsequently when I started to, um, increase my mileage. So it's like, hello. Um, you know, you don't really like think about these things until hindsight. Um, and then in college, same kind of thing kept happening. Like the recurrent, uh, hip issue 
And then that was pretty much like once a year, I would, I would deal with some sort of injury once a year, starting in like senior year of high school. Um, and then once I got out of college, I developed posterior tibial tendinitis and that was quite a whirlwind. That was probably the toughest injury ever. I just like, I couldn't recover from it. It took me a long time. I wasn't getting paid at the time for the work that I was doing. So I couldn't get into like a PT and I was just trying to like run through it, but not run through it. And it was like, just like a year and a half of me not really knowing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yep. But now I'm finally in a place, knock on wood, that I feel strong. I'm able to do what I want to do. I'm able to go hike in Alaska, which is like, you know, top of my list. I want to just be able to get out, be functional and like, just enjoy movement. So I'm finally in a place where I can say like, I feel good. (laughs) Yes. No, it's awesome. I know when we first connected, you know, you were still injured from this and now do you still have the pain a little bit? I know you had for a while and you were able to get back to running or is it still kind of there or is it pretty much all better now? It like comes and goes, but, um, usually I find that if I'm like lap, like slacking on strength training or my foot exercises, um, that comes back. But as soon as I like do a lifting session, it's like, okay, it's good. So no. Yeah. Awesome. Do you feel like nutrition played any role into that or, um, or were you optimizing that, you know, during that time? I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was definitely a result. I look back on so many things like and it was like so obvious that it was under feeling and just like not getting enough food. Yeah. Um, but as a nutrition major and as an athlete, I was like, well, I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, <laughs> I obviously know what I'm doing. Um, so it was kind of more of just like me, um, being in denial <laughs> for a really long right, time. Right. Right. And like, now I don't run nearly as much. Like I used to run like 40 miles a week and now I run maybe like 15 to 20 and I am like PRing, like yeah. I'm running better than I was in college. And it's like, yeah, so obvious to me now that it was under feeling stress and just like being busy all the time. So yeah, yeah. no, that's awesome. And now and now you're, you know, you're working, um, and we can go in this for the business side of stuff a little bit, but you're working part time or PRN, whichever for your business, and then you have your business so a little bit, you know, I'm sure it's still stressful, but do you feel like life has settled down a little bit. Um, yes. I mean, you've had a lot of changes going on too. You graduated, you moved like, yeah, yeah so the move many, up like, to Alaska was uh, stressful, but now that we're here, it's like, okay, I'm good. In. I'm feeling a little bit settled. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. yeah. I think that plays, yeah, can play a huge role too. So awesome. I'm glad you are getting better. Just how to ask that. Cause I think it's always good to, you know, relate to any listeners and, and all that, where we also, you know, struggle with the same thing. It's no different just because you know this stuff and that's our, like our job per se. It doesn't mean that we don't still struggle with the same things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But awesome. Thank you for sharing on that. And then what was your, was this like a big reason you wanted to get into working with endurance athletes then as well, like your own journey? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was, I was hesitant at first because I went through a little period after college where I was like, I'm not really sure if like, this is the community that I align with. Like I just kind of, I was having a hard time with the injury and not really thinking of myself as like a real athlete because I like wasn't running and I wasn't like fully immersed in the community as much as I was, but like being an athlete, it's not about the amount of miles that you run or like the amount of races that you do. It's like a mindset and like how you think of yourself and how you treat yourself too. And like, the things that you're passionate about. And I'm still very passionate about exercise and running and biking and hiking. So it's just, I feel like it's kind of where I thrive as far as like 
connecting with other people, you know, like runners are just like a type of person. Um, (laughs) and it's like, okay, it's just so easy for me to talk about. So it's definitely something that is, has stemmed from my passion of like being an athlete myself and, you know, going through the injuries and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll chat a little bit more about your business at like the second half of this episode, <laughs> but let's go into today's, you know, topic of like the knowledge based side of it, of what you'll be sharing. And we'll just, we'll start out with like the heavy hitter per se of under fueling. Um, yeah. now Brooke and I even like worked together like a year ago for myself, you know, when I was having the start of my injury and coming off of now, um, but it was a different injury at the time. And, I, you know, I know even myself, you know, she was like, I wasn't getting like enough protein and, um, you know, my timing and stuff we needed to work on, but I just, it's just become more and more a problem. I feel like with like a lot of athletes you talk to end up that are chronically injured, you talk to them and like, you end up finding out like you're under fueling, even though you maybe even feel like you're eating a lot. So mm-hmm. what are, and you can tell me if you want to start this elsewhere, but what would you say are some of the signs that you might be under fueling? So the first thing that, I mean, we've already touched on this, but is like recurring injuries. If you feel like you just like can't shake an injury or the same thing comes back um, time and time again, you know, whether it's months apart, years apart, that kind of thing. Um, Another big one is like poor recovery. So if you feel like you are, you've been gradually increasing your training, like you've done it in a, you know, healthy way. Um, but you still just feel exhausted all the time. You feel like you can't recover from workouts. Your muscles are constantly sore. Um, you get fatigued, like walking upstairs or, you know, you just like, you just feel like you can't catch up with your energy. That's another sign. And the biggest one that I find is like the most relatable for a lot of people is they feel like they don't have any control over their hunger. It goes both ways. They either don't have any hunger or fullness cues at all or they have like extreme hunger and fullness cues. So yeah, they'll get like extremely hungry and then, you know, they may, they might have a binge and then they feel extremely full. So it's like going from one extreme to the other. Like, this is the line that I hear all the time. It's like, I can do so well when I'm out of the house or like, I do so well all day with my fruits and veggie snacks and, you know, my whole grain bread and blah, blah, blah. And then I get home and it's like a free for all. And I can eat <laughs> the entire half gallon of ice cream. And it's like, then they blame themselves and they're like, there's gotta be something wrong with me. Right. Like I'm doing something wrong. And it's like, (laughs) you're not doing anything wrong. It's just that you you didn't know that you needed more food like throughout the day. Yeah. So if you feel like you get home late at night or like those binges occur later at night, that's definitely like a sign that should be like a cue to you be like, Hey, maybe I'm not eating enough. And a lot of people like they, you know, it's like, well, I feel like I am. And you know, sometimes we're not. And I oftentimes find that a lot of people aren't eating enough. So I do love telling people to eat more. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Nope. What, um, well, my brain had two questions based off. First off, let's go. What do you feel like runners, like typically now everyone likes better to know individually aren't getting enough of, is it usually protein, like carbs, like what, you know, um, I'll let you guide that and then see where that goes. (laughs) So first and foremost, it's like the, it's it's the energy. It's like the overall calorie intake is low. Okay. Um, but I do typically like, it really does depend on the person, but I find that most people, uh, don't get enough, uh, protein and, or because they're not getting enough overall, um, they're afraid of carbs. So they're not getting enough carbs either. 
So it's kind of, it's like a weird thing. Cause I just kind of said two, two uh, categories, but yeah. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I, I'm finding that like a lot of people are going more plant-based, which is great, but that requires a lot more like energy and effort to make sure that you're getting enough protein. Yeah. So I too, I do find that like my plant-based typed runners are definitely like really lacking in that protein area. And that doesn't mean it's not possible to to get protein, but it's just got to think about it a little bit more. So it out a little bit more. Yeah. 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 So it depends, which is a lot of answers. I just know, I feel like I've seen a lot (laughs) on, I mean, I feel like when I was, you know, say running in college, it was all like, oh, like you're not getting enough protein. Right. Yeah. But then I also, you know, think sometimes, yeah, if you're still in that carb phobia per se, Mm -hmm. like culture, which isn't as much, hopefully like our generation, I feel like that was like, I don't know, at least I think my mom's generation per se, but you know, like there there still can be that where you're not eating enough carbs and we literally need carbs as a runner, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's like our, that's our primary fuel source. The only job of a carbohydrate is to fuel your body, (laughs) which is pretty cool. So it's great. (laughs) Me, Um, a nutrition nerd over here. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Awesome. No, I, I like that. So we went over, um, some signs that you might be under fueling anything else that you would like to hit on in, in that category that comes up a lot for, for runners in part, um, particular. So there's just this like general overarching fear of eating too much food and a, a totally valid, like totally valid concern with, you know, like our society and like the perpetual like diet culture of, you know, always trying to be thinner, always trying to be faster, always trying to be smaller, buffer, stronger, whatever. There's just this fear of weight gain in our society. And it's totally understandable that, you know, as a runner, somebody, you know, they would be afraid to eat more, but I do want to always flip the question on the other end and ask like, what would it look like if you were adequately fueled? And if you did eat more, like, what would that look like for you? That might look like more energy that might look like better sleep. That might look like better workouts, more PRs, like that kind of thing. So um, there is generally a fear of like eating more as a result of potentially gaining weight. Um, That's not to say that like you would gain weight um, because most people don't, Um, but it's just like not all weight gain is bad either. Some people need to gain weight to be faster and, and to have better recovery and not prevent those or prevent those injuries. So, yep. Yep. What about like, I don't know, I personally feel like I say this, I'm sure other runners like, like, what about it's just like, sometimes you feel like it's just like, I mean, I think it's just, this is a hard fact to accept. It's a lot of time to prep all this and like time to eat. And like, I just feel like, and this is maybe you can tell me too, this is, I think maybe this falls in that under feeling, but like, I feel like I'm always hungry and like always having to think about my eating and think about prepping and like, I don't know. I'm like literally just sharing right now, but yeah, um, I don't know if you have any comments or if that's just a common thing that you see with runners too. I think it's definitely, I mean, that's a super common thing. It's like, I feel like I'm always hungry and like, there's always that like immediate response to question it. Like, am I really hungry? Like, should I be hungry right now? Um, But your body's telling you something for a reason and whether it be under fueling or, you know, just not getting enough of protein or fat because protein and fat are two of those satiating, um, macronutrients. So, um, they help us stay full. They help us feel satisfied. Um, cause if we just eat carbs all day, we're just going to feel like a bottomless pit and that's the reality. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's that piece as well. There's like a whole bunch of different puzzle pieces that 
kind of go into it, which is why nutrition is can be a really uh, complicated puzzle to put together. Yeah. But I also find that like in the summertime, I feel like because we're sweating so much, it's so hot. You've definitely got like higher needs. So that could also be why too. But yeah, there's, there's lots of different, lots of different reasons why you might yep. feel hungry all the time. Yep. Nope. Makes sense. What about, um, since, you know, we are in the summer months right now, like the heat of the summer months, really, honestly, um, what are, you know, the recommendations out there for making sure people are staying hydrated throughout, um, the summer months? Yeah. So don't know what that's like up here in Alaska. Um, <laughs> you're like, um, it's like spring kind of, maybe, I don't know how, how, how warm today. Um, today it's like 60 something, but over the weekend it was 80. So that was pretty oh, good for us. All right. All right. <laughs> So with like hydration and everything like that, there's also a misconception about like how much water we should be getting. So if your urine is pale yellow, you want it to be consistently pale yellow. That really is the only indication for you to know like, okay, I am, I am hydrated. Um, if your urine is clear, it means you're overhydrated. So a lot of runners tend to overdo it with the hydration just because they don't want to be dehydrated and then they overhydrate and then they get dizzy. Um, you know, they have elevated heart rate, that kind of thing. So besides just looking at the color of your urine, it's really important to also replace your um, electrolytes. So if you're a heavy sweater, no matter what kind of year it is, or like no matter what season we're in, um, you may want to think about adding like an electrolyte replacement to your water during and after runs. So the reason that we do electrolytes is just so it can hydrate your body a little bit better. So we need mm -hmm. sodium, we need potassium, um, we need magnesium to hydrate us and replenish ourselves after a hard workout. So my favorite ones, not sponsored by the way, um, <laughs> is if you are looking for an affordable type of hydration, Gatorade is fine. And like the, the regular Gatorade, the Gatorade with sugar. Yeah. So we can't be afraid of that sugar because the sugar helps get all of those electrolytes into the cells faster and hydrate us faster. Um, so I always recommend yeah. Gatorade or liquid IV um, noon tablets, those kinds of things for during and after working out, especially in those like hotter, warmer months. So I know I personally, you know, with noon, I always feel like not as satisfied. I think it's because it doesn't have like the sugar in it. Right. Yeah. In it, not yeah. Much sugar in it. I'm not a huge, I don't really like the taste of noon to be honest with you, but I mean, it is yeah. Electrolyte tabs, but I, I typically do like Gatorade or um, the liquid IVs. That's, that's what I use. Yeah. So. Thorn right now is what I have. So I'm just about, Oh, mine, I haven't so. tried that yet. Okay. Yeah. So it's all right. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So cool. What about like, what is like the rule of thumb for, um, hydration wise, like how much you should have before, during, after, like what, you know, I'm sure like, what is your most typical advice you're going to give to client you're working with? Yeah. So, you know, just I think the, the major thing that's super important is like, as you're working out before, it's really important to have like consistent hydration and not just like overloading your body right before you work out. And of course it depends on like how much you sweat and everything like that. But like during typically, I mean, it, it's really hard to give like specific, like you should yeah. have between eight and 15 ounces an hour. Um, I typically say like, take a couple of sips every time, like your watch goes off, like take a couple Perfect. of sips of water so that you're not like waiting, you know, a full hour before you get some sort of hydration. in. like every time your watch goes off, okay, take three to four sips, you know, that's going to be a couple of ounces. Yep. So that's, that's typically the general advice that I, that I give. And then 
after, again, if you're a heavy sweater, you're going to need to replace more, but just getting yourself back up to that clear urine, um, that pale yellow or not the clear urine, sorry, the pale yellow urine. Um, that's when you're like, okay, I've replenished myself. I've repleted that could look, you know, anywhere from 16 ounces all the way up to like, you know, 24, 32 ounces. I don't know. It just depends on a, how far you've gone, B, how much you sweat and C, like the, t- the temperature, the climate that you live in. So yeah. lots of different factors, but yeah, it's just easier not to stress about the numbers sometimes. Cause I know that we can get really down and dirty <laughs> with the numbers and then you're like, Especially Oh my runners. God. Yes. <laughs> it's not perfect. Yeah. So like, that's why I did awful. I mean, I was like, I don't even know what <laughs> point one more, whatever. <laughs> I think it's helpful that you shared on like the over hydration too. Cause I think I definitely do. i always have water. I mean, it's just like kind of like a habit I've always had. It's also probably why I use the bathroom all the time. Um, but I think I would, I mean, not, I think from what you're saying, I would fall into that category. So um, potentially something I should like. Maybe try adding some electrolytes. See if that helps. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Is there something else? Cause I just like, it's like a habit. I drink a lot of water. Right. So like maybe electrolytes might be helpful. Yeah, you could try to kind of help combat like the over um, yeah. hydration piece. So yeah, cool. All right, that's good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Let's see. From a, I'm trying to think of anything else I had. I know those are like the two things I wanted to ask you about. Um, do you have any other tips that you really like to share with endurance athletes in general when it comes to you know their nutrition, their fueling, their their hydration, all of that? No, I think the biggest thing is like just learning what works for you. And the biggest, oh, this is the biggest thing, um, is to not take into account like the general healthy eating, um, guidelines, like for regular people, right? Like we are athletes, we need, we have higher needs. Um, so, you know, listening to the general diet advice of like, oh, well go low carb or, you know, go keto, that kind of thing. Like that advice is not applicable (laughs) to athletes. And it's like actually going to be a lot more harmful. So just knowing that like, as an athlete, as a runner, as someone who is very active, your needs are much higher than like a regular person who doesn't work out as much. Um, so you've got higher needs. Don't be afraid to, you know, give yourself a little bit of extra and make sure that you're tuning into how you feel because you, your body, you know, your body best. And if you feel like you need, you know, a little extra support, don't be afraid to, you know, reach out and, you know, it's okay that if you're not doing everything right, like it's, it's okay. It's it's good to get a a second opinion sometimes. So. Yeah. That's important too. Like whole part of like the whole second opinion, like, um, totally. Awesome. 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 Love it. Perfect. Hey, I just want to say thank you so much, first of all, for listening to today's episode and just want to come in here really quick to chat with you guys all. We'll see if it's really quick, but just want to talk to you all about Beyond Rehab for Running Clinicians. This is going to be for any of my clinicians listening to this episode. Beyond Rehab for Running Clinicians Team 4 is officially open and I wanted to make sure to let you guys all know. So if you are a clinician who works with runners or want to work with runners, this is going to be for you. So this is for all the physical therapists, the dietitians, personal trainers that follow me. If this is you and you work with runners or want to work with runners, you'll want to listen to this. So this is for anyone looking to learn how to write running programs and also for anyone looking 
looking to start their online business working with runners and you need to know where to go to get started and how to get those first clients. Because we all know you can know how to start it, but if you don't get clients, not really worth anything if we're not helping anything. But this is going to give you everything you need to know to get started with the programming, the actual programming, putting it out online. How do we do that? As well as knowing how to write programs. If that's something you need to know, you need to know the physiology behind it and how to actually put it all together that it makes sense for programming, you know, anywhere from a 5k all the way up to a marathon. And then we're going to go over the marketing and sales you need to get your first clients. Now, if you're listening to some of these episodes, you are going to hear that a couple of these clients in these episodes are getting up to eight clients after the end of four months of working with here. So to give you perspective on what can be done in four months, you're sitting there right now, both those clients had no clients at the beginning of this. They weren't helping anyone and now have eight clients. So just to give you an idea of what is possible, I hope you're enjoying these episodes that are kind of giving you an idea of what's possible. But if you are interested in having a spot in team four, please reach out to me at Kristen underscore run your life. I am my Instagram or Kristen Schultz, my personal Facebook page. Those are the best places to reach me. If for whatever reason you don't have either. No, if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you have one of those. So reach out to me there to apply and see if it is appropriate for you. We would love to have you. Um, now, if I'm getting questions on when does this end, it's an ongoing enrollment. As of right now, there will be a deadline as it fills up and I will let you know what that is. If you are ready to go and get started, don't hold back, reach out. Let me know if you're interested. All right, we'll get back to today's show. And I guess I should say really quick, I know this is probably a more of a clinician episode if you're listening to this, but if you are a runner or you're a clinician that already works for runners, I do have both spots open for my run coaching, my personal run coaching, not just coaching other clinicians right now. So if you're a runner wanting to reach some goals, that is still open. And if you are a clinician who already works with runner and is needing some ongoing coaching on how to find more clients, I also have opportunities for you. Didn't want to leave you guys out because that tends to be everyone that listens to this podcast. But with that said, let's get back to the show. Enjoy the rest of today's episode. So now I wanted to jump into the side of your, you know, business and working with, um, working with runners for any advice you have for the clinicians that listen to my podcast. So let's just start out with, you know, what, you know, advice outside of listening to the first part of this episode, is there any certain advice you would give to say like a physical therapist or running coach, um, to, you know, signs to look out for when working with, you know, a runner that might help them? Yeah. I think the number one piece is just like being aware, um, and knowing the signs and symptoms of underfueling and also being aware of what reds syndrome is. So relative energy deficiency, um, syndrome in sports, that's like a huge, a huge piece of athletics that I feel like is overlooked a lot. Um, it's typically like harped into the brains of uh, the teenagers, the younger athletes, but I have actually been seeing it a lot in like older individuals as well of, it's just basically the result of underfueling a whole bunch of different body systems start to happen. Like things start to break down specifically in females, like you lose your menstrual cycle and people just both men, male and female, the hormone functions decrease. So like libido decreases. And then like recurrent injuries. So you might be able to get like stress fractures. That's like a really big red flag of like, Hey, my athlete might be under fueling, um, is like a stress fracture and, you know, other things that they may complain to you about or say, like, I just feel like I'm not recovering well, or I feel like my sleep has been really impacted. Maybe some blood, blood tests came back, um, abnormal. So one thing that I heard from uh, a PT a couple weeks ago was like, Hey, my, my athlete that I have is like, she's got a stress fracture and her cholesterol is elevated. And 
oh, that might be diet related. And actually that is um, reds related. That's energy deficiency related. So when our body is in a state of inflammation because of this energy deficiency, our cholesterol can actually be elevated. So that's like another red flag. Yeah. Um, so just like some of these things to be, to have on your radar and just to be aware of that are super important. And I feel like in the running community or just in the endurance athlete community, like burnout and being tired is almost like a badge of honor. And like, you know, having all these crazy carb cravings is like, oh yeah, that's completely normal. It's like, it's really not like we shouldn't yeah. always, you know, feel like we're catching up with our nutrition or we shouldn't always feel like we're battling some sort of injury. Um, those things aren't normal. So, um, just kind of like, again, you know, putting it through a a different lens, um, is, is helpful sometimes I think. So, yeah, I think it's like that whole badge of honor too. And I, you know, I feel, I don't know, at least I feel like I've seen more like through the pandemic, especially people, you know, preaching a little bit more, not towards that tune, like for all things, you know, because it's very common in the business world too. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, use every hour of your day to be working in your business, whatever. And like, that's just, you know, yeah. you know, leave the burnout. So definitely, but it's just crazy how the same principles apply to running, apply to life, apply to business and it's just totally you know, throughout the board. So awesome. I don't think I knew that about the cholesterol, honestly, um, as far as that being kind of indicative of the red, um, mm-hmm. super helpful. And yeah, awesome. So, and as far as let's chat a little bit about your, your, your business as a whole, what have been some of like the biggest lessons you've learned with, you know, starting, starting your business, like maybe some unexpected things or what have been some things you've learned from yeah running your business? Yeah. So, um, I originally started out with like a different niche and I recently just got into the, the running, you know, niche, the athletic niche. And I think for me, the biggest thing was like staying true to me and staying true to like what my passions are and, you know, not just accepting a client because they're going to, I'm, it's going to make me more money, but like accepting a client because I really vibe with them and they want to learn from me and they, you know, they agree kind of along the same lines as like my ethics and morals. Like I am not a weight loss dietitian. I, I make that very clear. Um, I'm more about focusing on like the habits of health and, you know, tuning into how you feel, learning how to not count macros, not count calories. And, you know, people are like, you can do that. It's like, yeah, you don't have to count calories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. So I'm, you know, if people want to do that, that's fine. But I'm also like, okay, I'm not all about weight loss. Like that's not our main goal here. Like our main goal is to improve your health, make sure that you have health habits set up that are going to lead to longevity and, you know, long lasting health. So just making sure that like the clients I accept are kind of aligned with my beliefs has been huge. Um, that did mean that I had to take like a little bit of a pay cut in my business, but it's worth it because I know I'm building something that I'm passionate about and something that I'm not going to get burned out with. So. Yeah. No, I think you said a lot of good things there. I mean, one, just like finding the clientele that really align with you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I know when I've gotten to that point and, you know, I have two sides to my business and especially with like the run clinician side, I was just sharing this on a group call coaching call the other day, but it's just like my clinicians are very, we're very aligned. Right. Like, and it's like, they would like be my best friends per se. Right. So like, I've seen like the difference in, in finding those very aligned clients, um, you know, compared to like doing something you're not as like you were saying, there's two things they're not as passionate about, but then also just like not as aligned, you know, 
value yeah. of personality. And I think that's something you don't think about as much at the beginning and you realize how much important that is as a client. I mean, also mm-hmm. that, re- you know, relates equally to like coaches that you find on multiple different levels. Um, totally. Like I have, you know, realized that too. So um, I think that's really good that you, you know, bring that up. And again, that's where, you know, say, except for this community, it's also a reason why, you know, we can be a community and help each other out with, you know, clients in the way of like, Hey, I might drive really well with this person, but not this person. Yeah. And like, absolutely. yes, I have all the knowledge to help them, but they would really drive with you more, you know, and mm-hmm. it, would, it would be beneficial on both ends more too. <laughs> so. Totally. Yeah. And like, oh, gosh, as a young entrepreneur, it's so hard. Like, young as an age and like also young business wise it's just yeah. like you want things to happen immediately right and it's just like it's not the reality <laughs> yes. um but I've been learning that patience is it pays off because you find like the people that you really want to work with and you're able to give more of yourself to those clients so yeah um that's been that's been a good learning lesson for me yes so. <laughs> yes there's no there's no finish line that was like another thing I don't know I'm just bringing that up I was on a call last night to a mastermind call and that was another thing we were talking about as far as like there's no finish line like we always have this like thought that there's like this end goal you have to get to in business. yeah that's, that's just literally not true it's just like like life like <laughs> business like running there's it's always ongoing there isn't like we don't need to be in like super rush to get to this finish line that, that is invisible there's no finish line so totally yes Um, but I'm proud of you for making the decisions that like are important to you that are really going to set you up for like long-term success um and I mean I think it can be helpful for like other people to hear too right so Brooke was helping you know older middle-aged women right before Mm -hmm. what's kind of her clientele and like you know she had built up a following and everything but like she was just sharing like she was like hey I really this is my passion she had thought about doing this in the past and you know now you're more uh, you know aligned with what you want to do and that's good to hear that it feels better too um Mm -hmm. and then she also made a decision like you she was like you were all in on your business correct um yeah I was and then and you were making good income especially I mean just out of school like super awesome like sure a lot of people are like dang what (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) um but she also you know you took I don't think you would care if I share this is for the clinician side too like Mm -hmm. kind of step back not step back but you know create a little bit of security on the side of picking up some PRN work right yeah yeah so I I, yeah I was doing like 5k months in my business and with the middle-aged women and I was just like, I, I'm, I don't feel it. Like I'm, you know, you're making more money. You should be so excited. You should be so, yeah. you know, like, you know, happy to go to work every day. And I was just like, I don't vibe with this. And like, it's interesting now. Cause like most of the people I still work with are middle-aged women, but they're athletes. So it's a different mindset, but yeah. So because of that, I was just feeling like I was constantly, you know, moving, 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 trying to get more sales, get more sales. And I, cause I was worried about not having money. I like to be able to provide for myself. And so I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to be serious about like switching my niche and like being passionate about my business and what I do, getting a a job, I think is going to give me that sense of security financially that I need to kind of like build up this business that I'm proud of this business that makes me feel good. And it's been really helpful. Like Yes, I did go through a little bit of time where I was like, I just don't want to do anything in my business. <laughs> but now it's like I had I took that time. It was I needed to do that. And like I'm finally in a point where I'm like, okay, I feel good about like the steps I'm taking, right? And yeah. like also having this job on the side. So it kind of helps distract me a little bit because I feel like a lot of times we can just get ourselves so worked up and like so stressed yes. out about <laughs> money and business and 
it, it yeah. like consumes you so yeah yeah I think it also makes it feel not as important you know what I mean like I don't know maybe if you yeah. agree but it's just like when you just have your and then this is like a whole nother topic but like you know I think you don't realize until you're in a full-time business, like how many different things change mentally and how different it is from like working from someone else, which is this whole thing. Like there needs to be a course on this. No, I don't know. Um, but like, also it's the, is the sense that you like, I have to make this work. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and this is all like what your mind's consumed by. Right. And it's like, you know, when you have another job too, like if you're doing like, you have other things to worry about, you know, like, yes. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's yes. also like, Yeah. I've been able to use my time a little bit more efficiently. Yes. Yes. Um, So it's like, okay, I've got deadlines. I have to go to work on Thursday. So I need to, you know, get everything done by Wednesday. Yes. So that's been, it's been very helpful. And now I've got clear cut goals of like, okay, this is the income I want to make consistently before I can quit my job. And this is how I want to get my savings up to this before I quit my job. So, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a risky move. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Straight out of like an unpaid internship to just like go (laughs) all into the entrepreneur world. I mean, I was lucky because like I have my husband that like support us, but like, I just, as I just, I don't know, I'm not, I need to feel like I'm contributing to our family. So yes, yes, um, yes. I still put that pressure on myself. So yes to have that well I'm glad it's working out and you're feeling better and I think it can be helpful for other people to hear as well and you know I we I was talking with this with Brooke um early before the show too but I recently did the same thing kind of for similar reasons I was just like consistently I've had you know over 5k months as well and it seems like okay you should be you know fine right like but it's just like there's for multiple reasons like that sense of security also like build up my savings from where it's you know not um and Mm -hmm. just honestly like too for me it's like time management and like having more of like those deadlines and not coming from like that that sense of like lack all the time too um but i recently yeah exactly like it was pushing that and it's been a good move it's been a little stressful but picked that up for just for the summer too so i can attest that so if any other business owners had to do the same like it it can go both ways i i also kind of like jumped a little earlier for various reasons way back Mm -hmm. in the day so i was kind of still catching up and i was like i think this this is the best move for you always remember do what's best for you that's my big thing lately too like i think there's just so many everyone has their own opinion remember everyone has their opinion but you literally i know it sounds so cliche but like listen to yourself and do what's best for you just yeah no one knows what's best for you seriously (laughs) absolutely totally awesome well don't have i don't want to keep you too much longer because i know we're about to be wrapping up but is there anything else you do have for the clinicians on either like an educational side as far as like advice with working with runners and or any other tips you've learned through um you know running your business and everything I don't think so. I mean, the basically the biggest biggest takeaway is just like be always be alert, you know, like always be questioning and stay curious and that kind of thing with I mean, nutrition and running is such a touchy subject, I feel like a lot of times. So it's definitely a lot more common than you think as far as like the disordered eating and the reds in running. And if you assume that like none of your athletes have reds, that's when you should be like, okay, maybe I should educate myself a little bit and like, think about it. Cause those are usually the teams or like the people that actually have a lot of athletes that are in a Do state of it. like, yeah. So it's like crazy when I hear that, they're like, Oh no, everything's fine. I'm like, okay. then you probably do like, you're probably you can deny it too. Like, you're like, yeah, no, that's good. I like, I like these practical tips here. 
yeah. And for any of the, uh, you know, clinicians listening, you know, feel free to reach out to Brooke here on Facebook. I know we're doing this interview also live. Um, mm-hmm. Also on Instagram, we'll share her information in a second here as well. Um, if you're needing anyone to connect with on nutrition side for your athletes, um, you know, I'm sure she'd be happy to talk to you about that. And, or, you know, if you need refer you to who might be appropriate. So definitely reach out to her about all that. It's great to connect with our dietitian friends who work with runners as well. Yes. Thanks for, thanks for having me and like, please reach out if you guys need anything. So I'm here for you guys. Awesome. Well, real quick until before we give all your info and where they can find you, um, I would love for you to share what has been your breaking five moment. I don't know if you've listened to any of my podcasts until the end, but we go over what is your breaking five moment in running? What has been like a big goal you've accomplished? You didn't think you could accomplish and you did it and, or maybe it's in the future that you would like to accomplish. So my AirPods are going to die. So hopefully my sound doesn't get too messed up. It's then. (laughs) (laughs) So Okay. This is actually very recently. I did a 6k here in Anchorage and it was like my first race after college. It was a 6k and that's what I raced in college. And I was like, "Eh, I'm just going to run it. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I haven't really been running that much. I was running like 10 miles a week, maybe. And I won the freaking race. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like a pretty good time too, right? Like you did a 5k and like, yeah. I almost PR'd my 6K college time, like at this crazy. random road race. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's awesome. So like that, was that like totally out of blue or you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like I was doing like workouts here and there, but like I was not serious about any sort of mileage or anything. So yeah. I really do think that, that a lot of that is attributed to like more nutrition, more rest, less stress. So don't yeah. underestimate the power of like true rest. <laughs> yeah. I love that. No, was, next question was going to be, what do you attribute to us? So perfect. So listen up, rest. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I know I like, I had seen your post and had heard about it. So that's awesome. I want to visit Alaska. One state I have not been to. It would be so awesome. <laughs> but are you in Anchorage or? Mm-hmm. Okay. In Anchorage. Awesome. We're in the big city. Sweet. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was great. You had great advice for both our runners and our clinicians. Excited for this one to go out. Um, where can our listeners find you at? So you can find me on Instagram at Intentful Nutrition. Perfect. And best place to reach out, just reach out to her on Instagram and anything else you would like to promote. Of course, we've obviously talked about, you know, if you are a runner, she can work with you. Or if you're a clinician who needs, um, you know, someone to help a runner with their nutrition, reach out to her. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you have that you would like to promote? I'm working on like a service ad for run coaching clinicians specifically, um, but that is very much in the beginning stages. So like, if you guys have any recommendations of like what you need and your athletes, um, please reach out to me and like hit me with your ideas and what, you know, your athletes would benefit from. So I just, I want to add value to whatever service you guys have. So that is in the very beginning stages, but awesome. um, Awesome. That is, that is going to be there soon, hopefully. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So a service ad as in like a way that she could, you know, connect with any run coaches and have an easy add on to like, Hey, like you also do this athlete also needs nutrition and it would be part of like your service probably, but Hey, Brooks, the dietitian that does it and Mm -hmm. kind of an easy way to do that. So 
Very cool. Yep. Well, keep us in the loop and um, definitely keep us in the loop in the run coaches and clinicians group. If you are not on there and you are listening to this podcast, we would love to see you inside that group. It's a group of clinicians and run coaches coming together so you can connect in there. And also if you are a runner listening to this podcast, um, the run your life community is a group of other runners running their life. Um, we would love to have you in there um, as a little bit more of a connected community outside of this podcast. So Brooke, thank you so, so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll bring you on again sometime. Um, thank you. Yes. Yes. It was great. Enjoy that weather up in Alaska, the, or more, right now the weather, but more so I think the nature, I would, that just sounds amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will catch you guys next time on Breaking Five, a running podcast. Until then, go run your life and I hope you guys help. A great rest of your day. Bye guys. See ya. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a Breaking Five moment, that doesn't have to actually mean literally Breaking Five, just a breaking five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their breaking five moment, I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram, and that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.